Hello again, dear listener. This, I can confirm, is the start of the show. Welcome to Fine, a previously recorded evening of storytelling and otherwise. This episode took place on December 20th, 2017 at the Lido here in Vancouver, and generally the shows happen on the last Monday of the month, but that would have been the 25th of December, and for whatever reason, my old pal, Jesus, just insists year after year that his birthday takes precedence over any other pre-scheduled event. So we held this show a week earlier, but it's it's okay. It's fine. <sighs> Alright. Today, you'll be hearing from some of the awesome lineup of writers and comedians we had on the 20th, including Donald Toms Capello, Megan Fenya Jones, and Alan Williams. And throughout this episode, you'll hear music from Pale Red, who you can find on Bandcamp. And the track we've started the show with today is called The Kappa. And I am your slightly perturbed host, Cole Nowicki. Okay, let's get on with it. Enjoy the show. Up first, we have Donald Toms Capello. He's a writer, actor, and teacher, and a short film soiree has featured at the New York Independent, San Francisco Independent, and Kansas City Film Festivals. He performed the piece with the help of Tyler Hine. Here's Donald. I forgot to email you the title of this, sorry. Uh, this is called uh, Candyland the Movie, also starring Rob Everfield. Listen, Beth, I don't know what this place is, why we're here. One minute we're all home playing a harmless board game, the next we're pulled into some sort of alternate universe with forests of licorice. Mountains of gumdrops, some sort of land of candy. <laughs> I don't know how we get out of here, if we get out of here, but I know we'll be okay. Because whatever this journey is, we get to do it together. Cut. God damn it, where is Dale? Dale, hey, I, I realize that you're, you're looking for your fifth spatial illumination, whatever the fuck award from the Academy, but I'm sure they won't hold it against your creative vision. If you please point the light somewhere not directly into my goddamn eyeballs, can you do that for me? Dale, can we get a second look on those gels for Rob? Oh, super. Thank you, Steve. Wow, wow. Nifty directing, repeating the thing the actor just said. How lucky I am that the studio just found a unique young talent among the, the faceless masses at UCLA's film department, who also happens to be related to a Coppola. What were the odds? You, extra. Yeah, how you doing? I know. Isn't it fun being on a set with Rob Everfield? I know, I get to do it all the time. Listen. You're doing this thing with your jaw right before we roll, like, like clenching your jaw, and it makes this sound, this horrifying clicking sound. Every time I hear it, I want to reach out and snap your neck, not out of hatred, not out of hatred. More so, like, my character is doing an inspiring monologue to his wife and kids, and the sound of bone on bone uh, keeps kind of reminding me that no matter how inspired, we are all destined to be finite slabs of meat, and death is undefeated in our struggle against it for everlasting happiness. Of course, we could both avoid this Gordian knot of sorts if you stop clicking your fucking jaw while I'm on the last take in a 12-hour day. 
Okay, everyone, let's go again. Yeah, no, let's go again. That's a good idea. Can we do one where the movie set is not actively trying to blind me? I like the note. Let's give it a shot. Eat shit, Steve. All right. Can't believe my Quite on the set. In a zombified hedge fund bird. This is the Candy bottom Land, for the me, movie. Steve. It's the top 21. for you. Take 15. It's the bottom Marker. for me. You son of a and goddamn bitch. Action. Listen, Beth. I don't know what this place is, why we're here. One minute we're all home playing a harmless board game. The next we're pulled into some sort of alternate dimension with forests of licorice, mountains of gumdrops, some sort of <sighs> land of candy. I don't know how we get out of here, if we get out of here, but I know we'll be okay. Because whatever this journey is, we get to do it together. Cut, actors hold. Actors hold, what, there was nothing wrong with that. Lights were too low. Well, get them brighter. We're on it. And murder whoever made them low to begin with. Every time my head hits the pillow, Rob. Hey, extra, saw that loose jaw, way to take the adjustment. This your, is this your first film? Yeah, yeah, I figured. All right, let me give you some advice, okay? Everyone in this business is gonna tell you to, you know, to try. As if it's an art form, it's not. <laughs> They're gonna tell you to tear out your insides and find all the deep, dark things that make you tick. You'll be throwing thousands of dollars at your fellow failed actors who rent out studios from Encino to Burbank, pretending they have something to teach you. They don't. And so you will be constantly reopening every spiritual wound, every scab of trauma formed over your failure, your loss, your rejection, meekly offering it up to a camera lens on a day-rate contract as convict number two or Guy at the hardware store asking, is, is this right? Is this what everyone wants? Rob, we're going to grab one more. You know what the audience right? wants? They want you to give them a fucking okay. break. Rob's good. Give them a break give from me all the convoluted, broken hair messages of the movie, being 22, in the first place. Take 16. Being in different lives, having different faces from day to day. Action. Uh, Listen, Emily, I don't know why we're here. <laughs> what we're doing. One minute we're all home playing a harmless board game. The next we're pulled into some sort of alternate universe with fountains and forests of licorice, mountains of gumdrops, some sort of land of candy. I don't know how we get out of here, if we get out of here, but I know we'll be okay. Because whatever this journey is, we get to do it together. Cut. Meek over the whole lives where they're separated from one to the other, and so just give them a break from all that. Give them easy cardboard cutouts, the teen heartthrob from that TV show that they grew up with, the wise 30-something woman opening a savings account at a bank. Hell, the, the old man strolling through a field with his wife probably taking dick pills that'll definitely stop his heart at some point. They love that guy. That guy makes them happy. That guy doesn't look like he has to make them turn inwards and question their fears, their choices, why they're sitting in a dark movie theater on a Sunday afternoon with, his, with their wife and kids watching a film version of a board game they could have played for less money at home and more authentic human interaction in the first Rob. place. Steven, do not tell me we have to do it again. Gotta do God it again. Damn. All right, I would like a chair. I would like a chair to throw at or around your head. I told you your gaffer is an amateur. Seriously, Dale, what, how are they initiating members in your union these days? Duck, duck, fucking goose? No, Rob. You. You said the wrong name. What? You said Emily. Well, I'll, I'll fix it in, in ADR. Let's just chalk it up to the late night. Get it one more time, all right? Whatever. That's <sighs> all they really want, you know. 
one single person. Life doesn't let them be one simple person. It's sadistic that way. Life doesn't give any of us that. It gives glimpses of, you blink and years have gone by and, and paths you see are. I was at a rap party a few years ago for this horror flick that I did, Nerd Vengeance. You saw it, right? Oh, well, way to blow a referral. Anyway, I, uh, we were at the producer's villa and we're all sitting around the pool and I found myself talking to this beautiful young girl, peach dress, eyes just glowing by the pool lights and she starts tracing her fingers around my chest, infinity sign. <laughs> Although maybe for her it was a figure eight, but she, uh, she says all of a sudden, I feel like we should tell each other something that no one knows about e each other and puts her head on my chest. Takes me a while to realize she's waiting for me to go first and I mean, I, I don't know this woman, but for whatever reason, I mean, I mean, she fits right on my chest. And I hear myself say, I have a daughter somewhere. I don't know where, I don't know her name. When I lie awake at night, sometimes I uh, say, say them out loud, you know, try them out. I could feel the muscles in her face stiffen, and she gets up and says, oh, I was just going to say I'm scared of lobsters. <laughs> and she ran back into the villa, and I laid there staring at those pool lights, just wiggling something hot in my chest trying to get out, and I told myself, don't you dare, goddammit, don't you dare. That wasn't it. You're gonna go through years asking, was that me, was that how I'm supposed to be? No. When you feel that moment come up, you remember this moment telling you that moment was bullshit. This is you, alone by the pool, half a glass of bourbon hanging by your fingertips. There was a point to this, there was a, a point to this. Uh, what was the point? Okay, Rob, we have enough what we need for coverage. So outside of getting the name right, give me whatever you got left on this take. Yeah. Great. Let's get quiet on the set. Can you land the movie? Scene 22, take 17, rolling, and action. Listen, Beth, I don't know who what this place is and why we're here. I, one minute we're all home playing a harmless board game. And the next we're pulled into some sort of alternate universe. Forests of licorice, mountains of gumdrops, some sort of land of candy. I don't know how we get out of here. If we get out of here. But I know we'll be okay. Because whatever this journey is, we get to do it together. Right. Yeah, fuck it. Works for me. That's a wrap on the day, everyone. Where's my food? Hey, uh, tell the PA, just bring the food to my trailer, okay? I'm, it, whatever, I'm easy. Just nothing with meat or, or uh, or no meat, no uh, carbs, or uh, uh, thiamine mononitrate.
Um, good luck. Uh, try not to make this a habit, huh? Talking to stars on set. Most of them aren't as approachable as I am. Up next is a talented poet and good human whose work can be found in Poetry's Dead, Sad Meg, Lemon Hound, Prism International, and the anthology The City Series, Vancouver, from Frog Hollow Press. Her chapbook, Normal Women, was recently released by Rahila's Ghost Press, and I would, I would suggest getting it. It's great. Here's Megan Fenya Jones. <laughs> I was a little worried that it would be loud and I'd have to like scream poetry at you, but I think it's okay. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just get started. This is my new chapbook, which I have a few copies if you want to buy one. It's $10. Uh, my first poem is called Brilliance. Kristen. I sent you a video of me dancing to Ray of Light by Madonna in a tropical print thong and fuchsia sports bra. I like the way my legs look today, Kristen, side kicking. You send one back, lace shorts, blue push-up bra, pink hand weight, cat on your hip. I imagine cornfields are somewhere to your left. Before you moved across the country, we filed into a cold room with six others on Sunday mornings. The teacher twirled as we did our best to mimic her wrist flicks. We called it dance church because that's what she called it. Kristen, she was obviously dating that guy from the glass, the one who didn't follow us back. We decided later when we were at the grocery store, he did not deserve her. So my second poem is called Canadian Literature. In America, I hear writers are plentiful, beautiful, and important. There are gymnasiums full of writers publishing real work and getting money. That's supposed to be like kind of funny. Uh, uh, this poem's called Surrounded by Friends. If I were you, I would wake next to me in a room bathed in neon light from the sign advertising curry outside my window. I would immediately know I am the kind of man surrounded by friends and lovers and lovers who are now friends and patrons who are almost lovers, all endlessly and thoroughly consuming the art I am making on a regular basis. I would wake and I would be compelled to read a Facebook message from an ex-lover. I would recall her body bathed in neon light from the sign advertising curry outside my window. Hey, miss you, have you heard this song? I would copy and paste a URL into seven different windows. Somewhere, someone would be going to bed in Europe. I would wake next to me, and I would leave without waking me. 
this next poem is called On Maleness and Understanding Paintings. S said the reason I do not understand paintings is because I am asking too much. The trick is to describe out loud only what you are actually seeing, he said. I see a red square and a white line running through it. I see a green awning, a bowl of rice. Being deaf and nearly seven feet tall, S said to be himself was to be an artist. He said nothing new is out of bounds when you are already out of bounds. He dressed in monochrome, big black boots, silver hearing aids curled around his ears. He looked really good, a stranger said it best. Welcome to the Matrix. We saw each other on Thursdays. Decide what you like, he said, and demand only this from people. Make a list of every perfect thing in the world and covet each one. S asked me to kiss him once, but I declined. You don't kiss your teacher. Uh, this poem is called The Beach Today. It's about the beach. I hope you like it. I love this man's chest tattoo, forever lover. Lying here on hot sand, the backs of my knees are sweating like when I come and you say, now let me feel those knees. <laughs> Did you know Kiss from a Rose is about a man eating a woman out when she's menstruating? It sounds so lovely like a hot bun filled with period blood. I think all the bodies in bathing suits are so beautiful. How much more time do I have? Okay. Um, so this poem is about my experiences as a teen model. It's called A Season in Hell. I carried a heavy book of photos of myself. I waited around for the metro. I put on my stilettos. I watched men consider the photographs, raise their white heads and consider me. I performed myself. I talked about poetry very prettily. They performed too. One pulled out un saison en fer and asked me to read to him. Another shot me on his bed. He asked me what I thought of his age. I don't remember what he paid. I think I called the agency that sent me. I think we went on a date. I don't remember what I ate. I was reading Zadie Smith's On Beauty. I walked out of the metro and another model hung herself. Two more leapt from a building. The summer wore on and my roommates accused me of stealing. I walked out of the metro and I had seen so much already. I marched up the metro stairs and into the Paris of my dreams. I visited Jim Morrison's disappointing grave. Uh, so I'm gonna read two more. This poem is called Black Lake. There's a sound in my bedsheets, my broken laptop, a dead knocking, I move it to the floor. It's true that I am inwardly screaming. I make my heart into a black lake. I row through the lily pads, wailing. 
Bjork says women are the atoms, the tiny bits that stick all the big things together. But you dismantled me so handily like all those good mechanics, saying this old girl, she won't run again. Take the good parts for yourself, build a shed somewhere, let someone else nail her back together. So I'm gonna read one more, it's a new poem. It's on my cellular telephone. It's a love poem. It's called, I'm in love with you. I feel pretty cool eating squid ink brioche with sea urchin pate at the bar. Katrin is here. She is saying how you can fall in love with someone you have already fallen out of love with. You just have to have a life together, a life that you love even more than the love that leaves. I fell out of love with you yesterday when you forgot to print out my poems. You know who you are. I fell out of love with you when my pants fit differently. I fell back in love after that lizard died on TV and you said it was okay, the lizard wasn't really dead, just sleeping. My building manager told me in the elevator about his sympathy morning sickness. When his pregnant wife vomits, he vomits too. I wish you loved me that much. I wish you would vomit next to me. I would vomit next to you. Thank you very much. Our final storyteller of the evening was an incredibly talented comedian, an award-winning screenwriter, and just an all-around good dude. Here's Alan Williams. Hello. I like that. I like that. It's like on beat. It's like, uh, uh. No, I don't sing. I, I don't sing. I'm not going to. I don't. Like, if you can clap if you want. Like, you can, like, rhythmically clap if you want to. And then I'll just nod my head as I tell dick jokes. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Uh, hello, everyone here. How are you? That is good. I uh, am also good. Awesome, now that we got that out of the way. Uh, I'm going to tell you jokes. Uh, before I tell you jokes, uh, I wanted to let everyone here know something about me. I want everyone here t to know and to understand that uh, I have a speech impediment. So sometimes you're going to hear me uh, get stuck on the things I say. And I want to let you know that in advance because um, like, I don't want you guys to think that I'm on stage uh, kind of scared or anxious or that I have stage fright. Basically, I just don't want you to make it about you. <laughs> okay, because it isn't about you. You're like, oh, it's about me. It's not! Okay, is it, I'm not getting stuck on my words because I'm afraid of you. I'm getting stuck on my words because my father dropped me on my head when I was an infant, probably. I don't know for sure. We don't talk enough. But like, mainly, the, like, like the main thing is, uh, I don't, like I got, jokes and 
I I think they're funny. And I know you're going to find them funny also. And I'd rather you laugh at the jokes and at the punchlines instead of me getting stuck on a word trying to get those jokes out. Is that okay? Cool, 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 cool. That is, of course, unless uh, you enjoy laughing at handicaps (laughs) as much as I do. You got to let me finish. (laughs) You got to let me finish. That's, That's another important part of this process um i like you guys this is is gonna be fun (laughs) you're like should we laugh i really want to that is very uh uh vancouver of you (laughs) basically the way i explain uh having a speech impediment is this uh there are some words that I can say easily, some like hard contact consonant sounds that I can say a little bit easier than others. Uh, Words like cup and uh, jump are a bit easier. Um, And then there are some words that are, hi, and then there are some words that are um, a little bit harder for me to get out uh, words like, uh, please bear with me, Uh, words like, um, um, wand, or uh, bullshit, which as you can imagine makes it uh, incredibly difficult to express my feelings on like the the last Harry Potter film (laughs) that came out. I think it's called uh, Fantastic Beasts and where are all the black folks in New York? (laughs) I like, I don't care how much magic you think you have, you can't conjure up jazz on your own. (laughs) You're gonna need help. And then there are some words that uh, no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I try to get them out, uh, it feels like I just can't say them at all. Words like like the N-word, which as you can imagine, is also bullshit. Because look, I know it doesn't make me cooler to be able to say the N-word. It does. <laughs> but as it stands right now, there's a joke that like I can say that no one else in this room can say. And I can't say it either. So, fuck all of you. (laughs) Give me my word back, please. (laughs) I can't say the uh, the N-word because whenever I attempt to say the N-word, all that comes out is a bunch of N's, and then I give up. It's like... Yo, what's happening, man? Fuck it. 
look, this wasn't going to be a good interaction anyway because I'm an awkward black guy who can't talk right, and you're a microphone stand. Why are we... I try to be uh, optimistic about this shit, though. So uh, uh, I know that, <laughs> thank you, op- optimism doesn't get enough woos. <laughs> but I do, I do. I, I try to be, I, I try to look on, on the bright side of things. And, uh, and because of that, I know that like, even though I, I can't say the N word, um, if I ever like quit stand up and got into hip hop, my only other option You got it. I can't. I, I can't play basketball. Uh, if I ever got into hip hop, I would be going in like automatically with like a really dope hip hop intro sound. Which is like, yo, coming up in the next on stage, give it up for MC Aladdin. And I'm just like, yeah, what's happening? They're like, oh shit, he's killing it. Exclusive. Damn, son, where'd you find? I'm sorry, I'll st- I get a little excited about the hip hop game. I uh, like just as, just as a quick aside. Um, I I don't want to seem like a liar. Like I don't want to. I don't want you to think I lied there. So I'll be. I'll, I'll confess. I can say the N word, but only under very specific circumstances. Uh, I can say the N-word um, if I'm singing along to a song that has it in it or if I'm angry. So basically, I use the N-word the same way white people do. <laughs> oh, calm down. I've been black the whole time. <laughs> uh. Um, because of, uh, be, because of my speech impediment, uh, I can hear it. I can hear you. It's cool. Uh, because of my speech impediment, uh, I, um, I, I had to go through something called speech therapy. Um, and I went through that all through school from kindergarten all the way until when I dropped out. <laughs> and uh, and like, basically they would take me out of class and they would like therapize me. They would like give me like tips and tricks and things so that I uh, wouldn't get stuck on words so often. But I didn't listen to any of it because all their advice was garbage. <laughs> like they would say, well, Alan, uh, have you tried singing instead of talking? <laughs> and I would say, uh, no. <laughs> because if I sing instead of talk, I won't have any friends at school. <laughs> like, you have to understand that, like, if I took that advice, I would be singing everything I said based on songs I liked 
when I got that advice in the 90s. So I'd be hanging out with friends and they'd be there like, hey man, what's up? Ain't nothing, how are you? I'm good, man, I'm good. I'm hungry though. Yeah, man, I could eat. Yeah, what do you wanna eat? I don't know, how about you? Man, I don't know, let's ask a land. Yeah, all right, word, let's ask a land. Yeah, word. Hey, Alain, what do you want to eat? And I just hop in the back like, let's go get a sandwich. Like, <laughs> like they aren't going to jump in the back like, let's go get a sandwich. Like, it's not going to turn into a Montel Jordan video. They're just going to leave and never hang out with me ever again. <laughs> just as a quick aside, um, I don't want to seem like a liar. Uh, so uh, I will confess this. Um, in that instance, in that like sketch there, both of my friends sounded black, uh, but I went to school on Vancouver Island, so we both know that's not true. There's, there's none, there's none. That's not true, I was number five. Uh, <laughs> But no, um, I think, uh, again, I, I try to be optimistic about this kind of stuff, you know. Um, so uh, uh, whenever I think, oh man, I have it rough because of the way I t talk and stuff, I think of my, my grandfather, my dad's dad, who also had a speech impediment of his own. It was a different kind but the advice I got as a kid was the advice he got as a kid also. He would say, uh, they, they told him to sing it, don't say it, right? It's a, it's, it it kind of started as an old like folk advice that actually had some scientific merit to it, so it just kept getting passed down. Um, but my grandfather would have had to sing songs uh, that he liked when he got that advice in the forties or fifties, which is way worse than the nineties. <laughs> He'd be hanging out with his friends like, all right, chaps, come on, let's get a sandwich, make it baloney. guy at the t till he's just like son this deli is whites only Jim <laughs> Crow laws lasted a really long time it was rough it was rough like like no matter what I had to go through like I can't imagine having to get out of something like that where you'd be like my mistake All right, I'm gonna leave you guys with this. Uh, you, you, you guys have been awesome. You've been, uh, 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 what's, a, what's like a good word for like a smart audience? Receptive. Yeah, 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 I got you. I really like this room um, uh, uh, because beer is always awesome and uh, sometimes I run into 
people as I walk along like Main or Broadway and they're like, I think I saw you at a show once. And I'm like, was it at the lit? They're like, yeah. And I was like, cool. <laughs> but I'll leave you guys uh, with this, if I could. I uh, uh, am, am, am happily uh, in love. I am in a relationship. This is a fairly new de development and it is awesome. Feel free to clap. Cool. Um, yeah, it's dope. It's dope because uh, not being in a relationship is not as cool as being in a relationship. Uh, I feel like I'm good at being in a relationship, I'm sure she'll uh, tell you otherwise. But um, but uh, uh, I'm way worse at getting into them, and it's because I grew up uh, like uh, many men here, and 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 I'm not even like old, like you know, hairline or whatever. But like I'm not I'm not like old old. But like it, it doesn't even matter like that that like that like just like very negative ideas of what masculinity should be are insidious, right? And, uh, and, and I am not uh, exempt from that just because I wear all black all the time. Like, like, I, um, like when I was a kid, I thought that like you, you, did you know that you can just like ask someone out? <laughs> so dope. It's so dope. Because uh, like, like when I was a kid, I thought you had to have some kind of like plan. Like, like you had to have some kind of like fucking Ocean's Eleven type shit where you pulled off a heist and then she would see you in like a certain spot like that you planned at the right point at the right time and she'd go like, hey, and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then that's that. That's like how it happened. But like, if you didn't coordinate it right with like a tiny Asian man in a box and a vault, it wouldn't work. Ocean's Eleven is a very good, good, good film. I watched it the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, this is dope." Um, but like, like uh, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, when I was a kid, there were these two girls I went to school with. They were both friends of mine and they were sisters um and I was like all right I have I have a plan so uh I went up to uh the first of the two and uh so uh, actually could I hi uh sorry uh what's your name Isabel it doesn't matter <laughs> It's like, it's, it's, it's going to take longer, you know? Um, uh, I'm going to get you to play sister n number one, okay? No, no, calm down. Like, it's, it, it isn't intense, all right? So this is what I said to sister n number one. I said, hey, look, you and I are friends, which is why I wanted to be the first to let you know that I think your sister likes me. And I don't mean she like likes me. I mean she like likes me, likes me. But I don't like her in the same way and I don't wanna wreck the friendship that we have. So if you can let her know that for me, that'd be amazing, please and thank you.
What you think that last guy was the only motherfucker who could act? I could act. I I mean, thank you very much for your participation in that in that interaction. Um, so that was just step one of the plan. Uh, step two of the plan was I went up to sister number two. Uh, sir, but I'm gonna get you to play sister number two. Uh, uh, it's 2017, dog. Like, calm down. Um, and this is what I said to sister number two. I said, hey, look, you and I are friends, which is why I wanted to be the first to let you know that I think your sister likes me. And I don't mean she like likes me. I mean she like likes me, likes me. But I don't like her in the same way. And I don't want to wreck the friendship that we have. So if you can just let her know that for me, that'd be amazing. Please and th thank you. That was good. That was good. I felt it like like real eye contact up. So I don't want to tell you what the rest of the plan was. But I will tell you that that was just two steps out of an 11 step plan I had to eventually fuck their mom. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good night. Hey, the, uh, the show's over now. Thanks again to all the storytellers. Pale Red, the Lido for having us, and you, dear listener, for listening. We'll leave you with Pale Red. I don't answer questions.
authority And I don't answer questions I don't answer questions I don't answer questions